Well, the Brewers continued to be really, 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 really good as they beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 6-2. to two. And what what an interesting game last night, Rowdy. What an interesting game indeed. We have the highest of highs, obviously the win, and Eduardo Escobar's home debut. As uh, This is Eduardo Escobar's home debut. Walk, walk, uh, RBI triple. And then a three-run home run. I think that's a pretty good debut, Rowdy. What do you think of that yeah, one? Yeah, and when he hit that home run, it was a no-doubter. That thing was a b- bullet out of there. It was a pew, gone. So we have the highest of highs right there to, I, th- I, th- I think it was a high, and then it was a low. Dollar well spent by the Milwaukee Brewers. As, yes, indeed, the Milwaukee Brewers paid $1 to the uh, Toronto Blue Jays for John Axford. John Axford, the Axeman, enters the game, uh, struggles mightily. What did he retire? One of the five batters he faced and then left with an elbow injury. Uh, Rowdy, before John Axford made his appearance, you had messaged RJ and I said, what is this, going to last two weeks? There's no way this lasts two weeks. And instead, Rowdy, it lasted what? Not, not even, even two outs. Not even two outs. Well, <laughs> Okay, John Axford looked like a dollar pitcher. He did. We appreciate your services, John. And when they brought him in, okay, everyone was excited. Fans gave him a huge ovation. They had they had they the cool little, uh, what was it, montage type thing on the big screen. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was a guy that was on the team almost a decade ago. It's a feel-good story, I guess. Yeah, you bring him in, he's an extra arm. Well, then you see what that arm was. I honestly would even question if he was injured because did you see, yeah, did you see when they shot to the bullpen? It was council looking at the athletic trainer, like, Hey, you're coming with me. We're going to get him. One. I think the reason being is, well, well, he was a studio box burger, analyst. The old box burger was getting loose. And I think grabbing the athletic trainer and saying, Hey dude, yeah, you got a sore forearm here. You got a sore elbow. <laughs> was allowing Boxberger to have as many warm-ups as he needed because sure. it was an injury. Sure. 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 So that might have played a little bit of a part in it. And two, also you grab the athletic trainer, you go in the back of your mind, you probably have counsel and, and Stearns going, Hey, yeah. we got this guy. We brought him in. We saw what he had for about an well, I guess an inning worth of batters, but a third of an inning. I don't think this is gonna cut it in our bullpen. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go grab the athletic trainer. We're gonna put him on the IL, and then when he yeah, he's got an when, injury. Then when he comes off, we're gonna we're gonna release him. He's got a wink, wink injury. That I that's, mean, at um, least for last night, it was all right getting him in a yeah, game. Yeah, it was fine. You it was, saw what, the Pirates. You saw what Axford had. It's probably not what you were looking for or hoping for. But also, you had a big lead. You also needed arms because of all of the. Brewers that are currently testing positive for COVID. Yep, there's no doubt about that because Josh Hader is now on the COVID-19 list. He's going to miss some time. Yelly, what did they say? Yelly expected back for the weekend series? I was going to say it's got to be soon, right? Well, Rowdy, the X-Men cometh and the X-Men goeth. Uh, John Axford, we loved you. Let's see, last played for the Brewers in 2013. Last played in the majors in 2018. In fact, John Axford started the season as a analyst a studio analyst for the Blue Jays television crew, and the Brewers are like, you know what? I know David Stearns, he's got this uncanny ability to pinch every penny and really to squeeze a dollar. And David Stern must have had a uh, a dollar just laying around. He sent it to Toronto and said, I would like to buy John Axford from you. They'll say, that's $1, sir. And then John Axford came, Rowdy. It was the, the crowd loved it. 
and then we just sent him on his way. Well, did you hear the story about John Axford in his last few years? What? So in 2018 was his last year in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Suffered an arm injury. Yes. So he has surgery. 2019, basically gone for the majority of the year with rehab, rehabbing the injury. 2020 comes and goes, and we obviously saw that it was just a two-month season where there was no minor leagues. Mm -hmm. So a guy that's coming off an arm injury at the age that he's at, which would have been, what, 37? Yep. He's not really going to get a gig, especially if no one's really sold on him coming off an arm injury that late where his velocity's down. And then the only reason why he signed with Toronto, if you caught that for 2021, is he was rehabbing, he was trying to make a comeback, and what he was really trying to do, hilariously enough, was make Team USA for the Olympics. <laughs> that That's what he was training for. That's Because remember how we were going through the Team USA uh, lineup, and we're like, man, this is a bunch of has-beens or never really worse. Yeah. Well, he would qualify for Team Canada as a has-been. Oh, yeah. He was trying to he was he trying to qualify to make Team Canada. Team Canada did not qualify no. for the Olympics. Let's see. Therefore, he was at a he had a tryout and Toronto's like, man, he's actually throwing the ball pretty well. Therefore, Toronto signed him. He was pitching in triple A so far in the first four so, months of the season. I have it right here. After pitching for Canada in an Olympic qualifier, Axford signed a minor league contract with the Jays on June twenty fourth. His velocity got as high as ninety eight miles per hour during that Olympic qualifier rowdy. And then he went 1-0 with an ERA of .84 and nine relief appearances for the AAA Buffalo affiliate uh, for the Blue Jays. Yeah, so <laughs> if basically if the Olympics weren't pushed back a year, John Axford's probably comfortably retired at home. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, he said, quote, I had an open out with the Blue Jays that if any team wanted to take me to the big leagues and the Jays weren't willing to, I was able to go and leave and go to that team. said, I know my agent was talking to a lot of teams, put out a lot of feelers, and I think most teams are waiting to see what happened after the trade deadline. That's why the Brewers came with their uh, the almighty dollar and said, here, I'll take you. And if you saw what the Toronto Blue Jays did, they gave him that contract in AAA, and he said there was an out there in his contract. Mm-hmm. Well, the Blue Jays acquired some arms at the deadline. Obviously, acquiring arms means they're not going to go in-house, and they're not going to go to a 38-year-old John Exford. <laughs> He's not the answer? So, yeah, that makes sense that they said uh, he had an out here after the sure. trade deadline, and if any team needed him, Oh, wait, the Milwaukee Brewers have four arms on the COVID list? Looks like we might need them for at least one out. Then the X-Men cometh, Rowdy. And then as soon as the X-Men cometh, the X-Men goeth. Well, that was the thing. Like, <laughs> you see the out. video You're where out. they had them trotting in from the outfield <laughs> and they had the music playing and all this you oh, know, yeah. X-Men I have on I the have big right board? Here, yeah. yeah, that was cool. It was and cool. Then, it was cool. And then it, it kind of got you going, right? And then he started pitching. And then that kind of And just... the only thing that really got going was the Pittsburgh offense. <laughs> Yeah, Axford struggled pretty hard on there. Let's see. I actually have – I wonder if – let's see here, Rowdy. There he is trotting in. Just not the same without the handlebar mustache, you know, or the uh, – what is that mustache? What is the, the Civil War I mean, general well, mustache? He had, he had a handlebar. He would just uh, just flip it up fl- and yeah, curl it. Yeah, gel it up. So that's – Man, I got goosebumps. Yeah, isn't that great? Oh. Yeah, it was great when he walked in, and then all of a sudden it was like, mm-hmm. Yesterday we were talking very briefly, and I told you I went through my closet and was getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Do you have an Axeman shirt? I actually used to have the lighter blue with the yellow, and you know how it was just like the face outline caricature? Oh, with the, with the and it mustache? had the hand. Either you could get the curl mustache yeah. or the handlebar mustache. Those are nice. 
Yeah, I had the handlebar one. I definitely made the right decision getting rid of it. <laughs> you should have sold it for $1 to somebody in honor of Axford. <laughs> and the $1 the Brewers gave to the Blue Jays. Uh, Muzz Infamous on Twitch says, Axford started right where he left off, bumming it up. Oh, come on. Come on, man. Hey, you had two really good years hey, with come the Brewers on, man. a Axford, decade ago. Yeah, 2009 to 2013, you set a team record by collecting 46 saves in 2011. And during that 2011 season, Axford had a franchise record 43 consecutive saves without a blown opportunity. Like, the story was nice, but in all honesty, what were you really expecting from a guy that basically his Pretty prime, the last time he was really in his prime was like, in the mid 2010s, I was kind of expecting like what last night was minus yeah, the quote unquote injury. It's been five, six, seven years since his legit prime, and a lot of a lot of air quotations. Well, <laughs> I mean, he really only had like four good big league seasons. Yeah, and and two of them happened to be really really good in Milwaukee a yeah, decade he's got ago. The, he's got the franchise record for and now consecutive saves. Now it's a guy in his mid to late 30s that was coming off in of of an elbow injury and not really pitching much over the last couple of years. The Brewers paid a dollar for him, Rowdy. I mean, it was a nice story, but in in all reality, the odds that it was going to work out weren't very high. What did, what what did we expect for someone that was paid a dollar for it? I mean, I fully expect that to be the only game that he appears in. Same. I think he now goes on the IL with what was it, elbow soreness? He's going he, allegedly he's having an MRI today. I <laughs> guarantee you, he goes on the IL for like two weeks, and then once he is healthy again, they'll say, "Well, we have Hater, we have Gustave, we have Cousins, we have uh, Strickland. Hunter Strickland. All of those guys are back and past the COVID stuff. We, thanks for thanks, the thanks, X Men." Uh, one out. Yeah, the, the and then they're gonna then they're gonna DFA him from the X Men, or they'll out outright him to AAA, <laughs> and yeah. he'll spend the rest of the year there unless another four guys test positive for COVID. You're like AAA again? I was just in here in Buffalo, dude. Yeah, how about hey, this? At though? least Nashville's nicer than Buffalo. Yeah, that's a good point. Axford rocking the number fifty nine, which he wore during his previous stint with the Brewers. Here's the thing, though: the bench coach Pat Murphy had to give the number up. So Pat Murphy for, I'm assuming for. The day? Maybe does he get the number back or do they have to wait till he gets or does he have to wait till he gets let go? I don't know how that works. I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna say he's gonna have to wait till he gets let go. So Murphy, Pat Murphy, the bench coach, went from fifty nine, which previously was Axford's, and he gave it back to Axford to double zero. Rowdy, why do bench coaches have numbers? Hey. The Brewers are undefe- <laughs> the Brewers are undefeated in August. Two yep. and zero. They're two and zero in August, and they're undefeated when Pat Murphy, the bench coach, wears double zero. Okay, we'll take it then. I guess I've never, I've never actually thought about it till right now. Why do bench, why do the bench coaches have numbers? That doesn't. Casey's got to get in there and play. <laughs> I guess the hell are you doing? The hell are you doing, Pat Murphy? Could He's you getting into the late on the imagine, Let him do his thing. Could you imagine if, if somehow like they had to play like a bench coach and it was uh, Don Zimmer when he got uh, thrown down oh, by wow. Pedro Martinez? What do you? All right, what, do you, let's what say, position would he be playing? First base? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because hey. What if he goes up to bat? What do you have him do? Bunt? There there is no there is no um beer league catcher in, there really in major leagues. What do you what do you do if they go up to, to to bat rowdy? Like Pat Murphy or Don's what like do you do you tell him to bunt? Do you tell him to just lean over the plate? Like you're Wilson Contreras? Or no, that, or is that Baez? Who leans over the plate for the cup? Wilson or, Contreras. Yeah, Contreras. Did you just say lean over the plate? Like do your best Wilson Contreras impersonation? Take a couple pitches. <laughs> Just stand up there with your bat. Just swing away. See what happens. 
So the I mean, if guys like Ryan Braun couldn't stay healthy swinging the bat, baseball bat with oblique strains and every other strain, <laughs> I don't think those guys would last too long. I don't. I don't think they would either. I would just say lean over the plate. Just lean over the plate and try to get hit. So there you go. The Milwaukee Brewers. That's the the, the latest move to I guess quote unquote boost their bullpen, as Rowdy proclaimed in the DM chat. There's no way this, this lasts two and, weeks, does it? And then it doesn't even last two outs. This was t- <laughs> full disclosure. That that uh, message that I sent you guys. There's no way this can last two weeks, right? Yeah. Was when he was coming into the game. I hadn't even seen him throw a pitch. Was oh that was when he was trotting in? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was earlier than that for no, some no, reason. That was that was before he even had taken the mound and faced a batter. Like <laughs> this this can't last because I was. I'm not anticipating him to be good. No, I'm not anticipating him to be a thing. No, in the bullpen, especially when we've been talking about the Brewers bullpen getting better and better and better since basically the month of May. And you look at all of the guys. I was going through the active roster and the forty man yesterday, and I'm sitting there going, "Man, like once everyone gets healthy." It might be a tough decision on who you have to send down to AAA, or maybe they might have to DFA a reliever because they have so many of them that have live arms that are good. John Axford doesn't fit in there unless there's COVID. Yeah. So, John Axford, we're glad you could come back and wear the number 59 and, and make an appearance and get the home crowd, I guess, fired up. But at the end of the day, we thank you for your service. I guess so. I mean, the Brewers still won. I guess dollar well spent from David Stearns. It got the crowd fired up. I'm sure the Axeman appreciated it. Appreciated it. it. I guess it probably didn't end how he wanted it to end, but he appreciated it. But we'll we'll forever have this right here, Rowdy. Here you go. The Axeman. Man, I got goosebumps. Isn't that great? There you go. The Axeman. Man, I got goosebumps. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> they should have asked Rock what he thought when they were taking him out of the out of the game. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Our guy secondhand smoked John in that Facebook video that I just played said, Well, that was fun while it lasted. There's no way he's coming in for another save ever again. Axe <laughs> <laughs> man, we, we we loved you, man. That was that was that was interesting. He what looked a, good he looked good for about the first batter. But you know that also marks Rowdy? That's the fifty seventh player for the Milwaukee Brewers this year. The 57th player for the Milwaukee Brewers. Well, it looks like they're pretty much guaranteed 60, though, with September call-ups then. Yeah. When I saw this move, I wondered if Aaron Rodgers somehow had a hand in this. He called up David Stearns, and he was like, yo, David, if you didn't hear, I'm actually the new GM in Green Bay. I had an idea for you. Yeah, why don't you just bring back John Axford? I saw Josh Hader just went to the COVID list. I'm telling you right now, uh, Brian Gutekunst listens to what I say. And now I'm going to tell you this. Bring back the X-Man for a dollar. You'll love it. I feel like Aaron Rodgers was too busy parading around in his little golf cart yesterday. That's true. And I feel like when Aaron Rodgers, the height of John Axford, Rodgers was probably too busy, what, Rowdy, winning a Super Bowl? Yeah. And then celebrating winning said Super Bowl? Hey, if... So he probably didn't know who Axford was. I'm glad you bring that up, though, because at that time, yes, he was winning Super Bowls. That was when they would be going, what, 15-1. and one. Yep. That was some really good Packer seasons. But also, some of the players that were the offensive weapons on that team are now also back in Green Bay. <laughs> yep, Randall Cobb. <laughs> That's why Aaron Rodgers probably told David Stearns, he's like, hey, David, go sign this guy. Here we are. Here we are. A lot of Milwaukee, or sorry, a lot of Wisconsin sports figures 
are all of a sudden back in the picture from a decade ago. Start, if we if we want to go one step further, you mentioned yeah, start uh, thinking if we want to bring back ready well, for any sport. John Axford to the Brewers. Yep, he's Randall back. Cobb now with the Packers. Yep. How about we'll just say this since it was, the Bucks just concluded. Brandon Jennings has been around quite a bit in the last month. Might as well in sign Milwaukee. him. Might as well sign him again. And I'm sure he'll be cheap. And, <laughs> and the Bucks don't have a lot of uh, a lot of money right now. Yeah, if you could bring back, we already did this for like a Packers specific topic. But if you could bring back any any guy for any sport here in Wisconsin for a swan song, who would it be? John Axford getting his. Randall Cobb getting his. Michael Red didn't really look like he was game ready. No, he looked a little heavy. He. He looked like time had, <laughs> had passed him. Yeah, had, had got the best. Hey, of him. maybe he's still a really good rec player in the corner. I'm sure. He, I'm sure if you, you know you do a half court and you just station him up on the three point land, he doesn't play much defense. He's he's good. Uh, our guy Dominic says now watch Stern will bring back Derek Turnbow for cheap. I did see someone tweeted. Don't, don't bring uh, I think that, it was was don't it speak Adam that into existence. that tweeted number fifty nine coming in, and then somebody uh, tweeted a picture of Derek Turnbow at him. Oof. Did you, or is it you that have a Derek? Do you have a Derek Turnbow bobblehead? I do have a Derek Turnbow bobblehead, I believe. Doesn't it just look like, just like a troll? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Derek Turnbow. <laughs> well, let's not forget there's also Eric Gagne. He's, he'd also be a... I'd like him to get back on the roids, though. David Risky. Oh, Frisky Risky. I would like, if, if Gagne were to come back, I would prefer if he got on the roids like he was with, uh, was it the Rangers or the Yankees? Or both. I think he was on the roids for both of those stops. Gagne? Yeah. He's with the Dodgers. Oh, Dodgers? Who am I thinking of? Wasn't he with the Rangers, too? Might have been. Eric Gagme. Der- Derek Turnblow and Eric Gagme. Speaking of craziness, when this first broke, we're like, oh, my God, this is pretty wild. And we all kind of had an inkling of who did it. Remember when uh, all of a sudden Alando Tucker was no longer on the Badgers? And you're like, what the hell happened here? He was yeah. just on the search committee for the new athletic director, and Not, then all of a sudden he was pulled. Yeah, had oh. no listing of phone number or email, but he's still listed in the UW athletic directory. Yeah, all of a, well, they pulled off all his info though. Like his name yeah. was still there, name but they was pulled still there. No they position, pulled off the position, no, the yeah. email, the number, everything. He's not there anymore. And then like he removed all Wisconsin Badger stuff from his Twitter bio, and you're like, what the hell's going on? We're like, what what happened to Orlando Tucker? And then, you, and it was weird because he was on the committee that was supposedly yeah, uh, for the new athletic director. Yeah, for the new athletic director, and then all of a sudden he was gone. He was gone, mm-hmm. like in a snap of the finger. Yeah, just all of a sudden he just disappeared. And you're like, that's kind of bizarre. And then there's uh, this recording was released, right? Some unknown entity released this recording of a Greg Guard assistant coaches and player meeting where it was very emotional. And the players all came out and you know said their piece about what was going on in the season and coming back from the Rona and how they were hitting some tumultuous times and they weren't sure like you know where the program was headed and it was a very emotional meeting. The audio that was released though was secretly recorded, and it was definitely not from the players. It obviously wasn't from Greg Gard. It had to have been from an assistant coach, right? Well, if you looked at the timeline, Sharif Chambliss was hired for the new um, assistant position. Yep. Alondo Tucker, who applied for it, obviously was not hired, and all of a sudden he's gone from everything, <laughs> erased from literally everywhere that had to be a Wisconsin Badger, and you couldn't help but wonder and come to the conclusion that it seemed like there's one individual and one individual alone who is no longer with the program who probably released the audio. 
Probably. That was edited. You never heard Greg Gard talking in it. It was essentially just the players. There's still like an hour and 23 minutes we have not heard. Correct. There's this edited tape that's out there. I think it's it's still on YouTube. You can go listen to it if you want to. And it was just the players kind of telling Greg Gard how they felt, and it was released to try and paint Greg Gard in a bad light. And the the best part is what we put that timeline together of when that meeting took place, and then – it was you uh, had early, early after February. The, yeah, had after the Northwestern game. Yep. Where Michael Potter is in a, the presser. Yeah, and, and he said we, we had a great meeting, team only meeting with coach. Yep. Uh, or we had a great team meeting. I don't think it was specifically said with coach. You know, where a it's lot of emotional things got what out came there. together. Yeah, we came together and all yeah. that, and it. All of a sudden, this comes out. It doesn't reflect what some of the players were saying. And, no, not at all. I mean, maybe what Walt McGrory said, but, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it almost seems like now it was something that was put into the players' heads that he doesn't care about you. There was a plan orchestrated to take down Greg Gard from within. Yeah. And we we heard the mutterings and the rumors and the whispers. We I heard it. RJ heard yeah. it. I know Nelly heard it. And nothing was like co- solid, concrete, confirmed. But if, yeah. if, unless you were like a very dim lit bulb, never a name dropped of where the information came from. If if and you were low intelligence, since, I don't think you could figure it out. But even I think the low intelligence could figure it out. Yeah, there was some things you're like, I'm, I got a pretty good idea who did this, and yeah. I got a pretty good uh, sneaking suspicion that this is all going to come out eventually. Well, boys, it's it's kind of out now. Well, there was yeah. one thing that just kind of stood out in my mind here when you talked about how it sounded like this was kind of put in the player's head like he doesn't care about you he doesn't like you blah 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 well, and this originally started in January 2020 yeah we're we, finding out we've now. talked to people that go to practice or used to be able to get into practice and when <laughs> Alondo Alondo Tucker was obviously an assistant coach there he didn't do a lot of technical work or a lot of video work that a lot of the other assistants were doing. Yeah. And he was more buddy-buddy with the players. He was more like director of player personnel, yeah. if you will. We heard from Making a lot. Making sure guys were happy. And we that would make sense people, yeah. that if it was indeed him, that if he was the guy that was more a player personnel, the one that was supposed to be kind of the conduit, as some people would yeah. like to say, between the, the coach and the players, mm-hmm. and he wasn't necessarily doing a lot of tape or he wasn't doing a lot of technical stuff, and it was more just kind of being there between coaches and players. Makes sense how that would be easy to uh, to put into players' brains. Yeah, right. And you're not you could approach players that aren't there anymore, and I guarantee you won't get anything out of them. It's like worm tongue. They, they already know their original talk got leaked. Why? Why would they come out and you know talk about this now? I I wouldn't. I'd be too upset. Not not. At the conversation that was had, but at the individual, yes, who who leaked it, and even if I didn't know who it was, I'd be like, "Look, look, this is we can kind of figure this out." I, I've moved on from that. Well, um, let me let me dive in a little bit, boys. And to your point, Rowdy, and your point, RJ. Yeah, it always goes back to the movie Major League, or sometimes it goes back to the Two Towers, Lord of the Rings, when Worm Tongue is whispering in uh, King Theoden's ear. And he's just evil, evil, evil. That's kind of like Alando Tucker whispering in the players' ears. 
Well, check this out. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel dropped a doozy yesterday, man. And uh, our sports director, Zach Heilprin, he kind of had an abridged version at our website, madcitysportsone.com. But in a wild story published yesterday at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, unnamed sources told the outlet that the, when the Badgers were struggling in January of 2020, that Tucker, the school's all-time leading scorer, one of my favorite Badgers of all time, went to then-athletic director Barry Alvarez and told him that he was ready to take over as coach if he were to move on from Greg Gard. So essentially, Orlando Tucker going over his you know, superiors' heads to go straight to the Don to say, you need to fire Greg Gard. I'm ready. You can hire me. Alvarez then said that he would not be making that move. Yeah. Well, it gets a little more crazier than that. Wisconsin went on to win its final eight games of the season and shared the Big Ten title. Gard credited his assistant coaches and even brought them into the postgame press conference to bask in the moment following their title-clinching win at Indiana. The Badgers then, obviously we know what happened, returned nearly their entire roster the past season, started uh, top 10 in the country. But after a solid start, things kind of fell apart, right? The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reports that instead of trying to unify the locker room when times got tough, Alondo Tucker attempted to turn players against the other members of the coaching staff, i.e. Wormtongue and Lord of the Rings. Evil. The team finished 10-10 and in Big Ten play at one point late in the season, had a two-hour meeting to clear the air. That's the one that we heard. Yep. But out of the two hours, we only heard, what, 13 minutes? 30 30 minutes? It was all the players talking, none of the coaches. So they had that. Someone recorded the meeting and sent that 30, 40-minute clip to the Wisconsin State Journal late June, and much of the recording was players criticizing Greg Gard. Never heard what Greg Gard had to say. Uh, Because he was then an interim coach... Tucker, Orlando Tucker, had to apply for the full-time job after the season, which he did. However, apparently, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Greg Gard was then becoming aware of Orlando Tucker approaching Barry Alvarez to say, hey, fire Gard, hire me. So then Gardo went in another direction, obviously, and hired Sharif Chambliss. Around that same time... (laughs) A committee was formed to find the new athletic director because Barry Alvarez was stepping down. Tucker, Alonzo Tucker, was chosen to be on the committee, and this is where it takes another twist. <laughs> Tucker. This is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. There's, what a twist. <laughs> Tucker reportedly pushed for Northern Illinois' athletic director, Sean Frazier, to get the job. And according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Tucker knew Frazier from his previous time at Wisconsin. And Tucker felt that if he could get Frazier hired in return, Frazier would then fire Greg Gard and hire Alondo Tucker as the head coach. The UW obviously went with Chris McIntosh as the AD, and Tucker obviously is no longer involved with any aspect of the university. Multiple outlets, including ourselves, our sports director, Zach Heilprin, who's going to join us at 8 o'clock has tried to reach out to Orlando Tucker, but all have gone unanswered. What a what a way to tarnish and ruin a phenomenal great career you had as a Wisconsin Badger and literally leave the program that you helped build up right now, not in shambles, but in a tough spot right now. Is he already in the UW Athletics Hall of Fame? That's tough. Because if he's not, he's not going to be. Rowdy? <laughs> well, I was going to say... Remember what we were talking about, man, I think this was probably less than a year ago, where we were talking about Alondo Tucker and kind of referring to him as what 
Jimmy Leonard is on the football team. Big time. Where mm-hmm. Obviously, he was a good player for the university, went on and played professionally, and now he's back as a coach. Yeah. And we thought with how things were trending that, you know, in time, if they were looking to move on from Greg Gard or Greg Gard said, hey, I'm I'm hanging it up, he could be the coach in waiting, mm-hmm. especially because he's he's pretty raw to the and, and new and green to the yeah, to the coaching never, world. Never coached before. And even Jimmy Leonard had a little bit more experience, but he, when given jobs, was a little more green at first when he first started. Yeah. Because he was right out of the NFL, but he was good buddies with Mike Pettins, the Rex, uh, the Rex, the Ryan brothers, yeah. and we kind of thought that it was almost the same Jimmy Leonard type trajectory. Well, we know Jimmy Leonard was a coach for a while. Now he's a DC with with the uh, Wisconsin Badgers. It's kind of a step by step process. It's almost as if Alondo Tucker didn't want to wait and take those steps. Yeah. He no. was just trying to make the super fast, huge jump. Yep. And I've been a guy that has criticized Greg Gard quite a bit, has put him on the old Mount notice. And, <laughs> He's the original member. And we've even ran through other guys that were out there that, oh, maybe that would be a better option. That being said, this ain't it for Melando Tucker. No, I would no. have Greg Gard's back 110% any time. This is brutal. This is, for a guy, one this of, isn't how one you of multiple replace somebody. Love. No, this is not how you do anything. This is not... Orlando Tucker, this is not how you do any sort of business in a in a professional setting in any setting. Any yeah, I mean, uh, this is this is just a snake in the grass. This is just shady. I guess I've seen it in The Sopranos. Yeah, this is like <laughs> this, this is what guy. This so is, now you're comparing it to a mob a mob TV show where people get whacked. I mean, this is crazy because from a guy who is so beloved, right? Orlando Tucker, one of my favorite badges of all time. Love yeah. watching him play. And to Rowdy's point, it's like, hey, could you imagine if Tucker just stays around for a while and guard ever wants to step down, then Tucker could be the next head coach. How cool would that be? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, think about it. He was probably sitting around being an assistant coach for a decade, which many people have done before him. Look at Greg Gard. Yeah. Greg Gard waste or not wasted, but used up a ton of his career where I'm sure he had other opportunities well, to be yeah, a head coach. Yeah, assistant to, to go around for him. 20 plus yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of the thing. A lot of people don't just all of a sudden get to jump into starting right. uh, as a head coach in the big 10 for a program. That's been really good for two decades. It just isn't it. This is tough. It's this is how you never ever work in basketball ever again, especially in a coaching role. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know how many people would even want to hire you. Like, hey, do you want to be? Hey, hey, little Jimmy, do you want to? Orlando Tucker to coach you in in athletics, um, or like major college athletics? I think you're you kind of played your way out of there. You're done. Maybe lower level head coach. Uh, work your way up, back up. That's going to take a while. Um, or you're going to be a high school coach. Yeah, I mean, I can, yeah, I can see that. But, you know, yeah, like the with the amount of stuff that's coming out, Wisconsin is going to be reached out to For about sure. what actually happened and who, if the people uh, who know will respond in job searches and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, it's. Well, I mean, what a snake in the grass! You literally have a guy who is going behind his superiors' heads. I mean, there's a chain of command, obviously, and like, like, yeah. If I have a problem, I go to the the my boss, and then my boss would go to his boss. Like, if you were to jump over someone to try to get your boss fired for, hey Nelson, 
this Ebo guy, I don't think he's got it. <laughs> Be like, it's crazy, dude. Well, <laughs> RJ, just just put me out the, of my misery. Yeah, <laughs> just for the Midwest family hierarchy, I don't think I have much pull when I have probably every once every couple months someone asks me if I work here. Oh, I, <laughs> I was just gonna say I'll get you in that. Are seat. you the janitor? <laughs> but, I'll not get, kidding. I'll, I'll get you in that seat. Who, did someone ask you if you're the janitor? Uh, I think it was in July. <laughs> I was at the front door, and another oh, employee was, was walking up to the door Lance and asked me, part, part time, yeah, if I worked here. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, yes, Lance. Someone also, this was probably a couple years when I was eating lunch in the office. Oh, nice. Uh, the exact office that Ebo and I are always in every day. <laughs> asked me if I also worked here. No, I just like to come to this exact office to, <laughs> to eat, eat lunch. lunch. <laughs> I actually don't work here. That was, I was there for that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Excuse, are you the janitor? No. no, no I'm not, no. actually. Sorry. I'm, I, I work here. I, I've worked here for quite some time. I'm, I'm a full-time employee. So, Alando Tucker going to Barry Alvarez to say he's ready to take over as a coach if they were to move on from Greg Gard. Alvarez said, I'm not doing that. And then <laughs> nah, I'm good. the ultimate snake-in-the-grass move, you are hired as a as a search committee to fire the, to find the new athletic director. And the one that you want is the guy that you're kind of buddies with, I would assume, and say, if you get him the job, then he has to scratch your back. If you scratch his by firing your first move, would have to be fire Greg guard and put you as the head coach. And then you also record a meeting, a closed door, emotional meeting and alienate all of everyone that you've built relationships with in the program for, Wisconsin. Here's the other thing. Basketball. Sean Frazier, athletic director at Northern Illinois. Yeah. How does this affect him now? I would I wonder like, if he said something. Like like, but, hey, by the way. Yeah. It's honestly one of those things. Hey, this is came out that said if you're hired, you would do this. <laughs> well, this I, is, I know that'd be a question I asked. I think yeah. this is also a strategy that he's gonna have to deploy. Deny, deny, deny. Deniability, yeah, Rowdy. It's going to have to be. Deny, deny, or deny. Don't answer your phone when people reach out to you. <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Straight to voicemail. You can do like a Grant Bill situation where you just have your inbox so full that you can't even leave voicemails. There you go. Our sports director, Zach Kyle Good morning, Zach. Good morning, Evo. <laughs> How are we doing today, my friend? What, what, are you in the car right now? Yeah, on the way back to Green Bay for the first padded practice. <laughs> Of training camp. Now, does that mean you got to wear pads too? I wish, man. I wish that'd be amazing. Uh, so, get out there and get the crap kicked out of you. That'd be amazing. <laughs> it sounds sounds great. So, Zach, when it comes to your trek up there, it's the first padded practice. I'm hoping it's going to be a little more drama free this week. Actually, I kind of like the drama, but I get a little yeah, more drama free in Green Bay. Um, let me ask you, man. In your time last week, what was it like? to have Aaron Rodgers back in the building and that kind of that the dust kind of settle on that whole saga of if he's going to come back, retire or not. Kind of felt normal seeing him out there. Like it felt like the entire off-season program where we would go to OTAs or mini camp or you know whatever it was and he wasn't there, it felt weird and to this past week it felt normal. Like it, when they're on the field, there's no difference except for that little man bun that he's running around with. Like that's hey, the hey. only that's the only day. Hey, you can't. I mean, you you were a man bun enthusiast, you know, for the last year. But I never bunned you, it. It was a samurai. Oh, excuse me. Apologies. You didn't get. You, you didn't have enough there yet. Is that right? Like, a, <laughs> correct. You had to cut it. Off, you had to cut it off before, or you did cut it off before you had an opportunity to bun it. You would have totally been a bun, though, right? Yeah. You know, my wife told me she's like, I can't even look at you anymore. You need to cut your hair. Aaron Rodgers grows oh. his hair out and he gets engaged. Yeah. Hey. 
hey, it works, right? Uh, long hair, and apparently he does care. Uh, he's all he's all in and ready to go. So yeah, it's been normal. Yeah, well, that's good. So you know, looking at what's all going on with Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst, obviously is like the big to do. But believe it or not, there's things happening on the field, Zach. Uh, my question: uh, some guy who's kind of lost in all of it, or maybe is you know some of the reason by no fault of his own of why this is happening. How has Jordan Love been looking in all this? Because everyone just talks Rodgers, 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 and Gutekunst. How has Jordan Love looked throughout this camp? He's been up and down. Uh, did not have a great day yesterday. A couple of balls on the ground uh, on some snaps. Uh, you know, uh, went three and out on their two-minute drill. Had a wide-open Malik t- uh, Taylor on a, on a play-action ball and uh, was just a wobbly mess. Hmm. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't ideal for him yesterday. But, again... That's the thing with the young quarterback. You're going you're gonna to have your ups. You're going to have your downs. And he's had more than his share of, of both, you know, this offseason. He, he had a couple of OTA practices where he looked like an all-pro. So, again, that's, that's where it's up and down. I can't wait to see him in preseason because I think that's, that's really where you're going to start being able to see whether he's, uh, he's any good, you know, getting live, live bullets thrown at him by the defense. That's when we'll know a little bit more about Jordan Love. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's been up and down. Okay, so, um, you know, I've seen Aaron Rodgers talking a lot to Kirk Benkirk. Like, they seem to be buddies. Mm, yeah. Kirk, by the way, yeah. cut his hair. Uh, long hair did carry. Cut it. It's very very dapper. Uh, but, mm. Zach, do you see Aaron Rodgers at all chumming it up with Jordan Love? Yeah, you know one thing? I've seen people mention that. Um, you know, Jordan Love is, is right there. Like, it's, it's sometimes just out of the camera view, but he's, he's watching as well. But Kirk Benkirk... Like his experience level in, in the NFL is just you know not there, and if Rogers sees something that he doesn't think is right uh, with what Benker is doing, he's going to help him. And I think the same thing would, would be the same way with Jordan Love. I guarantee you, in practices last year, it was the same exact way. These drills are relatively new for Kurt Benker; they're not new necessarily for Jordan Love. So for him to coach him up on certain things, not a huge surprise. And I, I certainly understand people want to make drama out of it because that's kind of who we yeah, are but never well we would never that's kind of who we are but like he's, he's he's i guarantee you he'd be the same way with jordan love if, if there were something that he was trying to work on him with but yeah i i don't think he holds any animosity towards jordan lover is trying to get Kurt benker to be so good that he's the number two just to mess with the packers but i saw yeah, some I mean, stupid I, thing where like some big J was like i bet you rogers is so indicative he doesn't even follow jordan love on social media and then they went and found that aaron Rodgers follows jordan love on social media yeah. so i'm like what are we doing dude who cares of course he does yeah oh, right God. I, yes zach halpern our sports director joined us yes zach, sorry no go ahead i was just going to reintroduce you because i love saying your name and then uh, mm. go to cole van lannan yeah so how about this? Zach Halpern, our handsome sports director, joining us right now on his mm-hmm. way up to training camp in Green Bay. So, Zach, something you're very good at, and that's covering, I mean, all Wisconsin sports teams here, but especially the Wisconsin Badgers. And I saw that Cole Van Lannen, uh, your video at Zach Halpern on Twitter, he's working with the tackles, eh? And uh, things yeah, many projecting to play inside at the NFL level. Yeah, very exciting stuff. No, I, like, I just, I, I've been keeping an eye on him because I've watched him. I watched him for five years, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, so... There was that one. There was one point yesterday. I think it probably would have been the thirteen drills that uh, Cole Van Lannen was at left tackle and John Dietzen was at left guard. It was giving me kind of flashbacks to <laughs> their time at Wisconsin. A man but, can yeah, only no, get so excited, Zach. You know, right? Exactly. And it was whew, yikes. Um, <laughs> it was it was un- it was uncomfortable being in public when yeah, I saw pl- that. It's the pleat of know? the pants, you know. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's the pleated pants. 
Uh, he, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he could make a team at tackle. It's a little bit of a surprise that that's where they're working him at. He didn't play guard at Wisconsin. I mean, he practiced there sometimes, but he never played it. And now he's being asked to, I think they were asking him in, in uh, season to kind of work inside, and maybe it just didn't work out, and maybe they think he's got a better chance outside. But uh, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for him to make the team playing tackle. But, again, they haven't put on the pads yet. And uh, we'll get that tonight, and then we'll get three preseason games to work it out and see if he can play the spot in the NFL. It's just, it just no one is projecting to play tackle in the NFL, and, and that's kind of where I've seen him to this point in these, what, five practices. Yeah, so, Zach, another tweet that you had, uh, one of Rowdy's buddies over here sent it to him, and I know Rowdy got very excited about it. Uh, he, he loves sure. the fact that uh, someone's jumping off and leaping off the board here, making big steps you know, towards a Hall of Fame career. I saw you tweet oh. out, Preston, <laughs> Preston Smith says that Rashawn Gary isn't taking steps forward. He's making leaps forward. Tell Nelly how good Rashawn Gary's been looking. I know he's very intrigued. Yeah, again, no pads on, but, oh, man, he's he's been just giving (laughs) Billy Turner all kinds of trouble and the offensive line in general all kinds of trouble, just spending the entire practice in the backfield, Rowdy. It's it's insane. Like, I think he's (laughs) – I don't know if he's going to be – a Hall of Fame player this year, but it, it seems just, just on the He's trending the that way. He's trending that way, yeah, right? It, it's certainly trending that way uh, based on these five practices here <laughs> in training camp. That, like, I, I feel like there's going to be starting to work on his bus and not the type of bus that you were hoping. <laughs> uh, it's going to be the Hall of Fame bus. And uh, they, they may want to get start working on that pretty quickly here. It's all good, Zach. I, I saw the news. I saw the tweet. I was reminded of it. And I've already came up with a theory and reworked it in about two seconds in the office. So if that ever happens, we already have a spin. I always got to have a spin, Zach. Is there a do? Do you have that spin or are you just are you just saying you have that spin and then you're going to be able to come up with it if it ever? I mean, if that ends up happening. No, no, no I already have it. You just don't want to share it. Okay, this is what's going to happen. Oh, so Preston Smith, Preston Smith's still going to be there. They'll probably get like 50-50 snaps. He'll show out a little bit. Then he'll probably be you know, dinged up for a year with injuries, and he'll be like, oh, crap, he was dinged up. And then all of a sudden it'll be like the last year of his uh, rookie contract. He'll ball out, look like an all-pro, and then they won't be able to sign him. And then they took I, all those years developing him, and they got one year out of him. I think you're just talking about Nick Perry's career. <laughs> That's what I said. When he said in the office yesterday, I'm like, did you just describe Nick Perry? <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. Exactly, Nick Perry. Let's hope uh, let's uh, hope uh, the Rashawn Gary doesn't uh, spot it with a club on his hand coming up here either. Though. Yeah, no. Uh, again, Rashawn Gary, just the athletic ability is just off the charts, and he's goes, I mean, he's a 110% type of guy. Like, just it seems like the, the motor's always there going, and he's making he's making progress. doesn't mean he's going to be amazing this year. doesn't mean anything like that. You have to actually do it, but all the signs are pointing to him having a big year, and we'll see if it we'll ends take up it. happening. We'll take that all yeah. day, and especially yeah. on Sundays. Uh, Zach Halpern, our yeah. sports director, joining us right now. Zach, I want to switch gears a little bit here. As you know, the aforementioned of you, how good you are at covering Wisconsin sports. Dude, <laughs> wow. How about you know the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel? It's a lot of stuff we kind of already heard and like you know somewhat knew if you kept your ear to the streets, right? Well, this Orlando Tucker story... Now that it's really out there, um, wow, what a terrible look for a guy. One of my favorite Badgers of all time, a guy who I thought did nothing but good. And now if uh, you read the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel or you go to, uh, you know, I know you had posted about it too, Zach, at MadCitySportsZone.com. Yow. So take us through the timeline here. It first started in January of 2020 that Alondo Tucker meets with 
athletic director Barry Alvarez to say, hey, it's time we move on from guard and I'm ready to take the position? Like, what? What? Yikes. Take us through a little bit here. What happens, Zach? Oh, yeah. I mean, in January 2020, if you'll remember back, they were not playing very well. They were uh, they were really struggling, and it didn't look good. And, you know, and there were some people that were putting great guard on a, on a mount of notice. I don't even know what that is, but, like, <laughs> they were people that were doing it. Oh, and you know. uh, apparently, Orlando Tucker felt the same way. Um, big listener, so, big fan of Rowdy. Him and, him and Rowdy are are the same wave, wavelength here. Congratulations on that, Rowdy. Um, and uh, No, hang on, hey, real quick. I have to clear the air. I have to stand up for my guy, Rowdy. Mount Notice is not wanting to fire someone. Mount Notice is saying, hey, I noticed that you're struggling a little bit. It's time to pick it up. It's a motivator. I think the only thing that Tucker and I really do have in common is we used to be ballers. <laughs> So anyway, and so not he meets very, with, he meets and with, not very good free throw shooters, right? <laughs> so he meets with uh, uh, Barry Alvarez, not yeah, Rowdy, but Orlando Tucker. Yeah, and, and, and these, yeah, and, and Barry, uh, according to the Wall Journal Sentinel and, and a lot of the rumors that were going around town here, uh, said, "Yeah, nah, that's not going to happen." And so uh, it, it didn't happen. And Wisconsin goes and runs off eight straight wins to end the season and wins the Big Ten or share the Big Ten title, and it seems like everything is is good again, right? Uh, but apparently, uh, during COVID and everything else, um, you know, instead of trying to unify a locker room, Orlando continued to, uh, you know, use his uh, use his ability to try and ch- use his uh, closeness with the players to kind of turn them against the rest of the coaching staff. Yeah. And uh, and, he, and he did that, and you know, in Wisconsin, returned everybody last year, and then they go ten and ten, and it. Real quick, I'm sorry. So before the season that was, like when when the Badgers, the season previous, went on to go to Indiana and, you know, win a share of the Big Ten, right? Yeah. Tucker was already undermining Greg Gard during that season? Yes. That's, yeah, that, yeah, January of 2020. And the messed up thing is, is like, when they, after they beat Indiana, um, Greg Gard came into the press conference and he brought all three of his assistants with him. To you know, enjoy the title because they he, he gave them a ton of credit for what they were able to accomplish, and all the while, and and the thing, the uncertainty or the uncertain thing here is when did Greg learn about Orlando? It, it, it sounds as if he didn't learn until about it after this season, which uh, is certainly interesting. Uh, Barry Alvarez then wouldn't have said anything to guard that Tucker then that, went in to talk to him about taking his job. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean Alvarez should have been like, uh, like hey, he should have fired. Yeah, he should have fired him out right now. Yeah, yeah, he should have fired him immediately. But I, I think uh, Barry didn't want to have that that drama going. But either way, yeah. So like, go back and down into this season. They don't play well. Uh, the locker room not ideal. You end up going into a two hour meeting uh, among with the players and the assistant coaches and guard, or I should say the seven seniors, and you have that airing out of grievances in more than two hour meeting. And then you come, you know, a couple of months later in June, late June, and there's a recording sent to the state journal. With about 35 minutes of uh, that meeting, just killing Greg Gard, and there's a lot of people who are, oh, who could it be? Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious who it was at this point, right? Right. And, um, you know, and, and now Orlando was on the search committee for the athletic director for to find Barry Alvarez's replacement, and everyone pretty much thought it was going to be a shoo-in for Chris McIntosh, what it ended up being, but apparently, according to the Milwaukee General Sentinel, Orlando Tucker was pushing for Sean Frazier, the NIU ID, uh, excuse me, NIU AD, and he, a guy who was at Wisconsin when 
Tucker was here, and Tucker's apparently idea was that he was going to uh, get him hired, and then he would fire guard and put him in as coach. So there were there were several attempts by Lando to get Greg Guard fired, and they did not. They backfired on him, and now he is not with Wisconsin, and he's completely ruined his legacy at Wisconsin. I, right? You said he's he said you said he's one of your favorite. Was batters. he? He was. No, I'm saying like he he yeah was no, yeah like was growing up like he was my favorite like not even close like when he was playing right like he, his final year was 2006 2007 so growing yeah being you know in college around that same time uh-huh. he was the guy for me and uh, to see what happened and to see this play out like this is just it's, it's sucks, insane man. it's crazy it sucks. And, it, and it's like I could never imagine him doing that and again it's a guy who uh, probably had nothing ever said to him and he thought he probably could get away with whatever he wanted to because of who he was and that's just clearly not the case because Barry Alvarez is still bigger than him like if, I, you know what if, if, if that's a different AD like if that's a different um, athletic director who doesn't have the sway and the, the, <laughs> the swag yeah. of Barry Alvarez and being like no screw you type of thing it's a it, maybe it happens I don't know, but it would have been probably a lot more difficult for some so, another AD saying sorry, sorry, saying sorry, no to uh, to to Tucker, and then uh, then then it was for Barry to do. Now I know you and a bunch of other outlets are trying to reach Tucker for comment, which obviously have gone unanswered. But a question that we were kind of thinking of: so this Northern Illinois athletic director Sean Frazier, who obviously had ties with Wisconsin and was I don't know if he's buddies with Alondo Tucker or just like know each other. But so Tucker's essentially saying, hey, I'm on the search committee. I'll help you get this job, but in return you need to fire guard and hire me. Like, has Sean Frazier said anything? Sean Frazier has not said anything either. Uh, because I, I thing, feel like he'd, here's a, here's a, he'd be in on it, thing. like not in on it, but yeah. he would know. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. Uh, when you apply for the AD job, like some of the names came out, but you can also, if you have a current position you could ask that your name not be included so sean frazier could could say i I never applied for it or you know kind of pull that stuff and look if i don't think it would have been actionable to do anyways like i don't i don't see uh you know the the athletic board perhaps signing off on that i i don't know that for sure but it it just seems so insane to even think about um the story is insane yeah no it's wild it's wild Way to tarnish, and, and had you just suggested a little bit, way to tarnish everything you've ever accomplished positively for the Wisconsin Badgers, and then yeah, I don't know, I don't know how you overcome that. There's no, no you don't. I don't even know what you did next would be. I don't know for where your career, career goes. From. Yeah, that, I was yeah, just I gonna say that. I don't know what you do next. I don't know where your career goes from here. Like if you're, a, you're oh, a snake. I don't, I don't, I don't. It's a snake in yeah. the grass. It's yeah. So so we look at so Alondo Tucker was essentially poisoning the water well in January of 2020. And then we look at the season that was where the Badgers, who obviously started top 10 and then had a lot of struggles, they they had Orlando Tucker in their ear in that season. And you could really point to that as being like, that's one of the main reasons why the Badgers struggled because you literally had an assistant coach going behind the head coach's back to be insubordinate and bring like everyone else be insubordinate with them and revolt on the head coach. No wonder this yeah. last season was such a difficult task. Right, and, and if you look at it, like, Zach, Orlando Tucker, I think, cut his transmission. Right. Zach, you you, you, right. you dropped out there. Zach, you dropped out. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Orlando Tucker, yeah. I think, tried to turn your signal off. 
It was. Yeah. No, you said like if you, I, I, you said if you look at it and then you cut out. Yeah, if you, if you look at it from the like just now, the players are still like favoriting Orlando Tucker. Tweet, not tweets, but uh, like Instagram posts, and like he's still in contact with these guys. So I don't know if they view him in the same way that we now do. But um, it's yeah, it, it's he has poisoned his. He's poisoned the well, and there, there, there's no getting past that. And this will, I mean, it's. I'm, I assume it's going to hang over the Wisconsin Badger basketball program for quite some time. I feel like this kind of to maybe a degree. Helps Greg Gard. Oh, totally. oh, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like you had you had this guy trying to undermine you left and right, and uh, you first of all you won a Big Ten title, and second of all, you know even if you had these struggles last year, they're kind of understandable a little bit more now. Totally. And in the article, was it ever confirmed? I don't think it was, but was it ever confirmed that it was Alondo Tucker recording no. that meeting? No, but everybody everybody I've talked to. They don't have evidence that it was him, but everyone believes it was him. And uh, I, I guess maybe you could say it was one of the players, but it just doesn't make sense no, for a lot of these way. other guys. It makes perfect sense right now for Atlanta to do that. Well, if you listen to the video, and I know you have, all the players sound equal distance away from wherever the recording device is. It, it had to have been an assistant because, you know, guard's not going to do it. And there's only one well, guy who's no longer with the team. That's, all, that's your audio training there. That's that's you, you having that radio ear being able to tell where things are lined up. Thank you. I do have a, a keen ear for if the if the you EQ's do. off, it's too trebly, too bassy, too much mids. You know, yep, you're amazing much, with that stuff. Thank you. I appreciate that. Zach, you're amazing at what you do and that's covering Wisconsin sports. We'll let you go on your way up to Green Bay. We're gonna be following along at Zach Heilprint at Zone Madison. You're under a wonderful articles at MadCitySportsZone.com. Zach, we appreciate your time, brother. Thank you. <laughs> See you, buddy. There he is, Zach Heilprint. A little less drama in Titletown. We say good morning to our friend, our NFL insider, Mike Clemens. Mike, good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? Good, Ebo. How are you, man? I am just, I'm soaking it in today, Mike, because we have uh, actual, you know, things are happening on the football field. Uh, and not, you know, so much of the sense on the podium when it comes to the drama involving Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekunst. We actually have football, Mike, so week two of training camp underway. So I'm pretty excited. I have to ask you, though. Uh, what's getting lost in the minutia of all this drama is how's Jordan Love looking? What have you seen from Jordan Love, Mike? Up and down. Today they are putting on the pads, and so that's where I really feel better about you know depth charts and battles like you know at the corner with Kevin King still out with a hamstring, Eric Stokes sometimes getting burnt by Devontae Adams, and you know a lot of your listeners will like uh, text me or tweet me and say. Well, how does Stokes look? I mean, this guy's supposed to have 4-2 speed, and I say, well, remember, man, you know, Jerry Rice talked about this 30 years ago. It's not, he, he wasn't the fastest guy. He just learned how to get separation, how to take angles, how to have timing with Joe Montana, and that's what Devontae's got with Aaron Rodgers. As for Jordan Love, though, I mean, your heart sinks yesterday when you're watching Love and he uh, play action in the pocket plenty of time, and he takes a breath, he plants his feet, and he throws the ball because Malik Taylor, the guy who beat out Kumro, he's running a fade about 35 yards downfield. He has completely faked out the corner that he had. He's open with his hand up, looking over his left shoulder in the left corner for the ball, and he throws a duck. Ooh. Jordan Love throws a duck. Like, you know, it's perfect <laughs> weather conditions. What, how, how did that happen? And, and, and twice, not once, but twice, he fumbled the you know, exchange from the center to the quarterback. 
at which point you got to think that Rodgers has got to be looking at one of his teammates and saying, really? They were going to replace me with this? Really? Okay. Yeah, sure. I saw Rodgers was talking about the Kirk Ben Kirk as well on the sidelines. Is Rodgers kind of putting uh, Kirk under his wing as opposed to Jordan Love, Mike? He's helping out everybody. Yeah. You know, he's into it. He's all over the field. Uh, and he's just a master out there. He's, he is totally in charge. But, you know, um, so it's like a week ago. Was it last week, Monday night, he pulls into Green Bay at midnight mm-hmm. in a private jet? By the way, you know those things cost about $12,000 a flight? Yeah, they're not cheap. That's what that, that ticket cost. I remember Frankie Winters. We were allowed to talk to these uh, player, former players at one of those Packers Hall of Fame dinners. And it was probably around 07 or so. And we were saying, you know, Brett's talking about this might be his last year. And Frankie Winters says, Really? Because I'll tell you, man, Deanna uses that private plane like a taxi, man. She goes shopping everywhere with it. <laughs> and you're thinking, like, wow, you know, he's going to have to change his lifestyle because, you know, Deanna just keeps on swiping the car. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. So, uh, so we talked to Mercedes Lewis. Oh, my gosh, this guy, this is one of the reasons they bring this guy in, not only to work with Robert Tunyon, who he says is a great kid, who is just a sponge, who is respectful of the game. And he said, you know, certain veteran players, Mercedes Lewis says this, they look at some guys and they just, some young kid comes in, doesn't ask any questions, doesn't seem to have any respect. We're well, not going to help that guy out. But if you're humble and you come in and, and you treat veterans a certain way, they will turn around and they will help you out, like Mercedes is a Tunyon, who ended up having 11 touchdowns last year. And you see him still working at the board. So now here's Mercedes coming into this thing. There was a game that we covered like four years ago, Packers down at Jacksonville. It was really hot that day. But one of the biggest plays was when you see this big dude, big dog, out in the left flats pick up a, a pass, and I think it was from Bortles, and he, and he takes it down about 35 yards, and it took three Packers to bring this guy down. So Mercedes was asked when we talked to him yesterday afternoon, you're 37 years old now. Do the younger players even know about those days at the Jags where you were catching passes and scoring touchdowns? No, nah, I mean, I don't think so. And I, and I feel like because I was playing when, when the TVs, when the clarity was bad, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even have no highlights on YouTube, so (laughs) no social media, no nothing, but I do have film, though. You could definitely look me up. Um, I was talking to Devontae the other day uh, at the house, and, uh, you know, we'll be watching film together and just talking about mindset. We were pulling up some of my past clips from all my receptions and stuff like that, and he was like, bro, it's crazy. Like, I feel like some of the dudes on the team don't even know you, you really used to get it in like that. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. That's when I was in my prime. He's like, nah. He's like, you're just in a different prime now. Incredible, Mike. He's been really able to revamp his game throughout the years, hasn't he? He is. And you know, Nathaniel Hackett was his offensive coordinator back then in Jacksonville. So Nathaniel's still going to dial up a player two for him, uh, which you know, not only it, it keeps the defense guessing, well, who's going to get it now? Who's going to get it now? But you know. It makes Aaron Rodgers feel great about getting the ball into Mercedes' hands. Now, I know there's a lot of people that you know refer to 12 now as Karen Rodgers, right? As a guy who winds up with. Yep, yep, But you know, you and I know. I mean, we got a thick skin. We're in this business. We we have a take or report or a guess on something. 
and we might post that idea on social media, and then we get 100 people calling us nuts or wrong. Got to have the thick skin, Mike. Got to have the thick skin. Or, or like the morning of the draft, you know, Bill Michaels posts, hey, there's a word that the 49ers tried to trade for Aaron Rodgers last night, and a thousand people say, this is clickbait. What are you doing? You're out of your mind. And then 12 hours later, Kyle Shanahan says, yeah, yeah, we called. Yeah, we did that. You know? <laughs> or Mark Murphy says two days later in a letter to fans, yeah, we've been out there several times the last four months trying to encourage Aaron Rodgers to come back to Green Bay. Yeah, we, we've been through that. But Aaron Rodgers, I, a month ago, Bill said if – if Aaron comes back, what do you think is going to be his reasons? What's he going to say? I said, I don't know. I don't know. Of course, he had some amazing things to say about the front office. I said, here's one clue that I have, is that, you know, you, you put everything into it. You have an MVP season, and you still come up short, this time to Tom Brady. I said, that's got to have a strain on a guy. That's got to feel like... You know, the insanity is when you keep on doing the same thing over and over again. And so Roger said this in June on a phoner, and I played that for Bill about a month ago, that, you know, he was a wreck mentally after losing the NFC Championship game. This offseason, I've spent a lot of time working on myself. I think for a long time, mental health has been only an okay topic to broach if you're talking about dealing with bouts of depression, you know, uh, suicide, like this big issue topics, right, with mental health. It's been a weird stigma around it that I, I think there's been some athletes who've spoken out about uh, those things and, and gotten the support they deserve. But there's not a lot of conversation around just the idea of having uh, a very positive mental state, mental health state. And I think there's a lot to it that I've learned that I've focused on in the offseason about how to take care of myself, not the total package, not just my physical self, the workout. Um, but my and my spiritual self with my own mindful practices, my mental health as well, what's the best way to take care of that? And that's what I've been doing this offseason. That's why I've taken the time I've taken and done the things or not done the things that I've done. And I'm very thankful for that time. Mike, Rogers definitely aligned his yin and his yang and found chi when he was out there in Hawaii, I think. He seems more at peace <laughs> with so. his life. <laughs> I think so. Meanwhile, Mercedes Lewis and Aaron Jones and those guys were out working at the mandatory minicamp. So here's the thing. You know, how close did Rogers come to just decide to hell with it, to hang it up, to just retiring? So maybe I'm done with football. I got, I got revenue streams. I might get Jeopardy. Maybe I'm done with football. So Mercedes was asked... How often were you in contact with Rodgers during this offseason? You know, we would only go, we probably, the most we went without talking was like a couple weeks uh, when he was in Hawaii and, and traveling and doing his thing. But, you know, whatever he was going through personally, mentally, you know, to sort through those things and, and take the necessary time to do that. I think, you know, often people outside that aren't in our position that, you know, have never felt the fire, the scrutiny, the criticism, they're going to feel a certain way, right? And, you know, he mentioned it, you know, about the, the mental health aspect of it. Like, that's huge, you know? And I think part of what I've been able to do uh, for so long is because of uh, my mental fortitude and how I've been able to, uh, in a way, stay in my zone, right? And never getting too high or too low and just, just always being solid. You know, for him to do it the way he did, um, not be loud about it, you know, obviously, I think everybody was nervous, right? Um, even me being close to him, there was times where we didn't even talk ball. We just talked life, 
that was more so just to kind of put things in perspective because, you know, we'd have to be ready for whatever might happen. You know, we're here now, <laughs> and I'm happy that, it, you know, it is this way. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about what if. Mike, do you get the vibe that the locker room is pretty close-knit and tight, especially with those veterans? I think so. I think um, I'm trying to figure out why there's been such a buzz for the first week of training camp. And I think it's just, honest, with Rodgers coming in, it solves all kinds of problems. Everybody thinks, hey, look, we got a job for another year. You know, we got a chance. And, and all the attention, plus uh, they think they've got a good team. They're healthy. It's been OTAs, essentially, until today. Uh, so everybody, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, I think LaFleur got a good night's sleep <laughs> before training camp because even the coaches look like they're refreshed, and that makes a difference, too, and as opposed to one of these coaches has been up there with two hours of sleep and dragging out a meeting. So that gets to the next thing about the front office because I asked this directly of Brian Goodekinst. I said, okay, so, you know, Green Bay, you guys – Resigned Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. I, you know, I think they need to upgrade their defensive line. They got to find one more beast up there to help out Kenny Clark uh, and Aaron Jones. But I said, you know, the, the the Tampa Bay to help out Tom Brady, who turned forty four today, to not only beat the Packers but beat the Chiefs. You got Nagagwa Sue. You got Jason Pierre Paul at linebacker. You got Leonard Fournette running for 25 yards in the Super Bowl at running back. Or you bring in Antonio Brown. And I, I said, you know, how do I explain that to fans, Goody? I, said, I, I don't really look at our team as a younger team. I mean, we got, you know, Mercedes, Aaron, uh, David Bakhtiari. Um, you know, we just signed Dennis Kelly, who's, who's got a lot of, you know, experience. And, and, and um, you look at our team overall, I mean, we have some really young emerging talent. There's no doubt about it. But we signed Devondre Campbell. You know, he's a 70-game starter in the National Football League. So, um, Devontae Adams. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't really see – I don't look at it that way. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm, Mike. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to take that. Hmm. Uh, you know, that's his reply, and I, I appreciated the answer. Uh, he actually came by yesterday at the start of practice, and and you know what? I also see Goody talking to players at practice, and I haven't seen that in the past. Usually, really? Is he doing damage general. control? Do you think he's doing damage control? And, and, and absolutely. In all he's your times, sorry, Mike. In all your times of uh, covering, have you ever heard a GM actually give a legit, honest answer on the podium? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, you know what Ted Thompson did all those years. He there was times where he just said, "Look, guys, I don't lie to you. I'm just not just going to tell you. That's all. Yeah. You know, <laughs> please don't put me in a spot to tell a lie. All right." So and so then there's the there's the yin and the yang. You got Amari Rogers, who's a third round pick, and and you know, look, well, they need a slot guy, and so I could probably start right away. Well, Amari is such a good kid who grew up with Randall Cobb. You know, watching him in high school. And then uh, when he played for Kentucky, uh, Amari's dad was Randall's position coach, and so he got to know them since he was 12 years old. And Amari, Amari understands his role in this team is going to be returner now that Randall Cobb is fine. And he says he's fine at that. He's, he's not upset that he's going to lose snaps in the slot to Randall Cobb. Ever since I got drafted, I wasn't thinking about reps and how many balls I'm going to get a game because I know we got the best receiver in the game in the room. we got two experienced guys three really uh experienced guys that's here already so i knew it's going to be balls throwing everywhere 
because, you know, I know the goal here is to win a Super Bowl, and that's my goal too. Uh, so I'm going to do everything in my power to help the team do that. Yeah, but, you know, Mari, we, we hear from players that just leave a team meeting where the coach says, here's the mission statement, the goal is the Super Bowl. But when I heard you just say that a few minutes ago, I'm thinking, but this guy is different. Between his dad, between this incredible opportunity to play with Randall, and now Aaron is here, you've got to say, this might be my best chance, right? Yeah, for sure. No doubt. You know, like you said, I have all the tools. We have all the tools uh, in place to do it. Uh, so it's just now just locking in and, you know, getting better every single day. And, you know, you, you can't waste a day, especially with this career. And that's my mindset. I come in every single day trying to get better. And if I feel like I wasted a day, then I'm hard on myself because with this type of career, if you waste too many days, you're you're cut or you're gone. And that's my mindset. I've been a winner my whole life. I'm not trying to stop now. Mike, look at you just diving in there with that question. I love that. You command the room, Mike. Yeah, the other thing is uh, Amari is a pro, man. I've talked about this before that I thought of 17 years. The first, the one guy who really stepped up and looked like he'd been here for five years was Greg Jennings. Mm-hmm. James Jones was another one. It's just like when they got here as a rookie, they looked NFL ready. And Amari Rogers might surpass both of those guys so far a week into camp. Mm-hmm. So. So we get into Goody, you know, we're challenging him about veteran things. Uh, last time we talked to him Thursday morning, and then he goes out and signs a 31-year-old veteran from the Titans because they know that Bakhtiari, if Bakhtiari does an ACL on, on New Year's Eve, that's got to take at least nine months, right, to recover from an ACL, 10 months. So that puts him into September or October. So they move Elton Jenkins from left guard to left tackle. He's taking all the snaps there. But, you know, who are we going to have at right tackle? Well, they got, they got Billy Turner, but who's going to back up those guys? They bring in this Dennis Kelly, who's played for the Titans, who started all 16 games last year, who played for Matt LaFleur for a year when he was offensive coordinator before he came to Green Bay. So I asked Dennis Kelly, hey, in that game, when you played the, the Packers here in Green Bay, Packers won 40-14. to 14. Back in December, I said, who did you guys on the Titans' offensive line, who did you game plan for on the Packers' defense? We knew that uh, there were some talented guys on, on the defense and knew that we were going to have uh, – it was going to be a good challenge. Um, obviously, you know, the two guys on the edge, uh, the two Smiths. And um, we felt that the Titans wanted to do what the Titans did, run the ball, you know, play action, all that. So, you know, it just, it just worked out that Green Bay kind of kicked our ass. So that was fun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. That's He's funny. a big dude, man. Six foot eight, you know, six foot eight, 320. Yeah. That's, so a, that's a mountain. That's a mountain of a man, Mike. It is. So the last story I got for you is this. Are these guys having any fun? Now, what is Kenny Clark? I mean, 320 pounds and 6'2", 6'3", right? Mm-hmm. Of all the guys that are picking on, hazing, tormenting Kenny Clark, who would you say on the Packers roster to be that guy? Like Zedarius or Preston or whatever? No, it's, it's skinny little Marquez Valdez Scantling. <laughs> and here he is. Um, I think I just like to have fun, you know, make fun of Kenny Clark. Uh, on a regular basis. His lock is right next to mine, so I kind of walk in the building and say a joke at him pretty much every single day. Um, you know, something about, you know, his weight or how big his head is or whatever. You know, MVS, man, it's been, it's been going on for a whole year. A whole year now. Yeah, so, you know, it's something. We, close to third, I better know close to third, though, because he put MVS, like, right next to me. And y'all know me. I don't be talking much, and I'll be, you know, I'll chill. But MVS, he, he just talk all day, so we, we just pick fun at each other. 
<laughs> That's funny, dude. That's funny. You're Kenny Clark, man. You're a made guy, and you've got this little gnat, MVS, around your head to make a joke about how big your head is. How slow you talk. Yeah. Oh, so they're ha- that's that's the level of fun these guys are having. Well, camp it seems so like far. the locker room is, is good then, despite all the drama, right? It seems like the locker room, they're gelling, and it's, it feels good, right, in the second I, week of training camp. And you got to give credit to a coach like Matt LaFleur. This is okay. Here's one of our team leaders, Kenny Clark. He's kind of a quiet guy. Who, who, who won't shut up? I'll put MVS next to him in the team meetings. See? <laughs> that's smart. That's I smart. It. I love it. Mike, what do we expect today, my friend? You're going to be all over it, I'd imagine. Longest practice of training camp so far, and it's going to be hot, like maybe about 84 degrees out there today, and they're putting on the pads. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Mike, bring sure uh, you bring some water, okay? Stay hydrated out there, my friend. I'm getting the Gatorade. I don't mess around with that stuff anymore, man. I've, I've, I've been out here. There was that one day it was 105 degrees, and Pepper Burr started throwing Gatorade to us and said, "Drink the, hey, I'm serious. Drink this stuff. Uh, you know, there's a reason. It's got electrolytes in it. You know, you got to hydrate. Well, Mike, we'll follow along on Twitter at We'll check you out in the Bill Michaels Show. We appreciate your time. Always a fountain of knowledge. Thanks, Ebo. See you, Mike. There he is. Good stuff on his way back. We're in Green Bay, I should say. Week two, training camp. Mike's a good storyteller, isn't he, Rowdy? I mean, that man can tell a story. He's definitely a good changeup from Rob Reichel. Yeah, Robbie with the blazing takes. Rob takes one breath and just goes. And I feel like no one's going to disagree with more Packers. Yeah. <laughs>